You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Former Brown center, five years in Cleveland. He's retired one season now, but is still serving as the president of the NFL Players Association, J.C. Treader. Literally minutes after we find out Joe Thomas is headed to the Hall of Fame. He's your former teammate, J.C., a first ballot Hall of Famer. What's your reaction to the news? Excitement for him. Well-deserved. There shouldn't have been a question. I don't think there was a question that that was going to be the result. The definition of, of durability, a phenomenal teammate, somebody I still consider a friend. Um, just very happy for him and his family. Yeah, the number of consecutive snaps is astronomical, especially at his position. Were you ever blown away by the fact that he just never took a snap off, never missed one? The thing that doesn't always get carried on in that story is it's not like he was healthy all the time, right? He played through injury and he played at a Hall of Fame level no matter what he was out there with. And that sometimes gets lost when people think, oh, oh, he was healthy for 10,000 plus snaps. It wasn't always healthy, but when he was on the field, he played at a Hall of Fame level. 10,363. I don't know that I've ever done anything uh, that many times in a row. So that's pretty amazing. Now, this was your first year out of football. What do you miss the most about being on the offensive line yourself? Uh, the locker room, uh, the, the, the friendships and bonds you make and um, just those times. And I think everybody somewhat has those moments, whether it was you know on the bus home from games when you're in high school or uh, the locker rooms, those fun moments where nothing's really going on, but you're getting each other to laugh and have a good time. Uh, those are always tough to replicate, but um, it's been great to spend more time with the family. Uh, body feels great, so there are some <laughs> positives too, but uh, we'll always miss the guys in that brotherhood. You played in two places where the fan bases are fairly notorious uh, for different reasons, of course, but Green Bay and Cleveland. And the last five years of your career were with the Browns. What was the best thing about being a member of that organization, JC? It was a really great place for my family. I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but when I kind of look back at my career, you know, I moved to Cleveland uh, with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and I've got two kids. And Cleveland sat right between our two families. Her her family was in Detroit. My family was in Buffalo, New York. And I think we kind of grew up together there. Um, and, you know, as I kind of in the last year have thought about my career, my journey through Green Bay and through Cleveland, I think of just how thankful I am to, to have those moments uh, with a ton of family present all the time. And kind of when I wrote my retirement uh, letter, I, I thought about, you know, my parents made it to every one of my college games um, and they did their best to get to all the Green Bay games. And then once I got to Cleveland, the, the ability to get to those games was so much easier. But, um, you know, you, you have people who've always been in your corner through your entire career and through your entire life. And um, I think that's what I'll remember most is how special it was to see them almost every every week in Cleveland. 
you went through some of the lowest of the lows with the franchise and also getting to the playoffs in 2020 was pretty amazing to finally see the Browns break through again. What was it like to be part of that organization? It seemed like you could pack so much life into a Cleveland Browns season. I think I always say um, I, I went there in 2017 when they went in one, one and 15 the year before. And I thought, well, only going up from here. Right. And then we went <laughs> 0 and 16. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if that was, you know, poor signings like myself or, or what was going on, but no, it was uh, definitely a, a, a wild ride. Uh, some, some hard years, but that year in 2020 was really special and a very unique year with everything going on with COVID and, and it was different, but um, a special group of guys that um, kind of caught lightning in a bottle and, mm. and, and had a, a great little run. J.C. Treader with us here on the show for the first time. Really excited to have him. Recently retired NFL center, but still serving as the president of the NFL Players Association. Uh, I know that you were voted and you've got your two-year term. How do you stay connected and stay involved now that you're out of the locker room? I think the guys know that I'll, I'll bug them either way. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with them, whether I'm seeing them in person or not. So <laughs> I live in, in McLean, Virginia now. Our PA offices are in downtown D.C., uh, so I can be closer to the staff now and, and work on some projects that I've been working on. But when I look back at my career and when I'm done with, with my presidency in March of 2024, I think taking on this role will be you know, the greatest thing I did in my career. Uh, it'll be something that I look back on um, for a long time and, and just absolutely love. And um, it's, a, it's a ton of work, but it's for the right reasons. And, and I absolutely love doing it. How much does it matter that you're voted in by your peers? That's the whole point, right? Like you, you want you want to feel and, and know that the locker rooms in each team support you and believe in you um, because your job is to push the ball as far downfield as you possibly can. And a lot of the things, we don't have another CBA coming up until 2030, 2031, right. whether it's 2029 with their negotiating early. And I think it's easy for somebody to be like, well, you know, none of this stuff matters right now it's we're not negotiating times it just is what it is but really what a union's based on is each generation of, of players or people or leaders pushing the ball as far downfield as you can and you know that you'll never see the benefits of the work you do now but the generations beyond you will uh, and you know I've kind of taken pride in that when I took this job I didn't know whether the CBA was going to pass or fail in 2020 and I told the guys when I ran that if it passed uh, I would you know, be leading us forward in a time of labor peace and making changes and, and making this place better. And if it failed, I would go back to the bargaining table. Uh, and when it passed, my focus was how can I make this, this place better for the next president? And that way I've accomplished everything I can to take it off his plate when it's his turn. And he should do the same for the next person all the way throughout. You use the word peace as in labor peace. How would you describe the relationship between the NFLPA and the league at this point early in the new CBA? I would say it's somewhat like the old tale of cats and dogs. Like there, there's labor and management will always be at odds somewhat. And mm -hmm. there are times where um, things look like they're being worked together well on the surface. And I think you look at COVID. And you say, like, man, you guys really work together well. Now, the public doesn't see, you know, the three-hour-long screaming matches we had behind the scenes. Oh, but, gosh. you know, we accomplished what we were trying to do, which was playing a full season, keeping as many people healthy as possible. So labor and management will always have different priorities. 
And sometimes they work together better. Sometimes they work together a little worse. Um, but that will, will never change. I don't think you could have a union and management always on the same page. I just don't think that's in the DNA of either organization. J.C. Treader is still serving as the NFLPA president, just out of the league after eight seasons as a center and offensive lineman in the NFL. I hear all the time that offensive linemen are the best talkers on the team. Do you agree with that? <laughs> uh, depends what you mean by talker. I, I, I think the offensive linemen are usually, I would say, the funniest um, and also <laughs> don't take don't take much serious at all, which uh, is always something I've enjoyed about the groups I've had and uh, the different offensive line rooms. Usually if, you, if you're in there and you're listening, it's, you're, you're going to get a good laugh and nobody takes anything personally. I'm glad to hear it. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, what are the top priorities right now that the NFLPA and that you as president are navigating? I think health and safety is always top priority. We've got a ton of conversations going around about natural grass versus artificial turf fields. Uh, we've got conversations going on about the concussion protocols this year. Was That topic was a, a high priority or a, a very uh, publicized uh, discussion point. And then the other, the other issues, being this far out from a CBA, I think is a time to launch new initiatives and do new things and come up with new ideas that can kind of grow over the course of the next decade. I think we've done a couple of those already have been released, a few more are coming behind it. And that was really what I was excited about when I took this job in 2020 was I had a ton of new ideas and new things I wanted to try as the leader of the union. And then three days after I was elected, COVID outbreak happened and we put all those aside because we have to deal with a once in a century pandemic. But now that the COVID protocols and the COVID negotiations are in the review mirror, it's been really enjoyable uh, to dive back into some of those ideas that I was really passionate about trying uh, two years ago and now get them off the ground this year. The concussion protocols were certainly in the spotlight around what happened with Tua Tagovailoa, the Bills and the Bengals, those two games. When you see that, when you think about where the league is now, we know concussions were up this year, though the NFL is saying that's because the protocols are working. What's your perspective on it, JC, as a former player? Yeah, I think our focus with the protocols is, one, we want our players treated as patients first. Um, we don't want them looked at as players. We want them looked at as patients and then, you know, the focus is really on conservative care. And that's what we saw uh, with the original issue where, you know, Tua went back in the game. And I think everybody saw that and realized, like, that is definitely not the conservative approach. And we had a concussion protocol in which gross motor uh, instability uh, was allowed to somewhat be overruled by a non-neurological cause caused injury. And after seeing how that transpired, we realized that is not conservative care. And that's why we've changed the protocols to now be ataxia, which is now a, a clear no-go symptom. If you show it, you are out. There's no kind of loophole to go back in the game with it because you, you deem it a separate injury. Mm. And, um, you know, concussion protocols will continue to change and continue to evolve. They very rarely evolve and change as publicly as this one did. But we are always looking at ways to prioritize keeping our players safe and sometimes that's keeping them safe from themselves, too. Uh, and that's what we've seen over the course of the years and what you discussed with the NFL's comments. That is somewhat true. We have completely shifted um, the mentality, I think. If you look back 10, 15 years ago, how players saw concussions and pulling themselves out from concussions, that wasn't very normal. And now I think players are better understanding 
the risks and the dangers of playing with concussions and also realizing the symptoms and signs of them and then pulling themselves out of the game and reporting those symptoms uh, to make sure they're protecting themselves as well. Right. We have seen a few players do that or we hear more about it. Uh, it's becoming more common. Would you say it's a positive or a negative when this type of an issue or really any type of uh, an issue that faces uh, players, the league, that it becomes public? I, I think those conversations happen either way. Like if we are always monitoring them and whether it becomes a big you know, PR issue, that doesn't really change our job as a union. Our job is to protect the players uh, and make sure they are safe. And, and these um, get louder when, when that happens. And that was the issue with the Tua injury was everybody saw it, right? Like they, they saw him get up. Um, and wobble, there, there wasn't much to interpret. It was right. very visual and scary, too. Uh, and a bunch of people asked questions, but whether no one noticed that game or what happened, the work that got done was going to get done either way because that's our job as a union and that's our job as our medical team is to be evaluating those things and making sure we, we close any issues and evolve the protocols. So I don't think it matters that much. I think anytime it does become a big P, you know, public issue, helps the conversation be more um, visible to everybody, too, and a better time to educate people of what the issues are. J.C. Treader is with us here after hours on CBS Sports Radio. A completely different situation, not a concussion, uh, but in the wake of the DeMar Hamlin injury that also played out on national TV, the incredible care he received right away there in Cincinnati. Uh, as a former player yourself, what's your reaction to how his care was handled? those first responders um, deserve a ton of credit. I mean, saved, saved his life. Cincinnati and I think Pittsburgh are two of the best resuscitation hospital networks in the, in the country. And a lot of that work is what we've done as a union is focusing on getting the right people on the field and getting the right systems in place on the field. And those uh, first responders run through like an hour long checklist before every single game wow. laying out each issue of if this happens, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who's on what? And those are things the unions pushed for for years. When, you know, the issue happened with, with DeMar, he had three of the best resuscitation doctors in the country within 50 yards of him. That happens from, you know, the union pushing for the best systems in place to always be protecting the players. But a, a ton of great care for him. I, it was so great to see him at our NFLPA press conference when he went to meet the MVP, rightfully so. Um, and I just think everybody's so happy to see him back walking around. I saw him, I saw some photos of him at NFL Honors tonight, too. Mm. Um, just so happy for him and his family. And really the way the league came together for those for those few days that, that week, uh, where what mattered was DeMar, what mattered was one of... Uh, you know, one of their brothers as opposed to getting on a field and, and trying to win games. So, yeah, so grateful that the care was there. Just one more thing about the union versus the league that I, I wanted to ask that I think is intriguing. How do you find leverage or how do you uh, try to get the league to move on an issue when right now you're in a situation where there's not a new CBA on the table? Every issue is different um, and unique. I think in general terms, we'll start with the, the job of the union and the purpose of the union. The strength of any union is the willingness of membership to stand united on an issue they care about. Finding what those issues are and then figuring out what players are willing to do to create the change 
create the leverage uh, to make the change is is what our job is. We could talk for for hours on on this issue, um, but getting players to realize the power they have and, and the power to create change themselves is part of our job as a union and as union leadership. And uh, we have a incredible executive committee that has a ton of experience and our job is to lead and be what we deem ourselves as kind of the old wise men of the union who have seen a lot and been involved in in labor fights and labor disputes and explain to younger players and new board members of this is how we gain leverage these are things we can do to gain leverage and then present them issues to see what are the issues that guys care most about that are they're willing to fight about and willing to stand united in solidarity over. That's kind of our job as union leadership is to find those issues, present options, and then get guys on board with making changes. Mm, I do not envy you. Uh, I'm a little bit too emotional for that type of thing. So <laughs> I, I, yes, I'm impressed, JC. Something fun before I let you go. The NFLPA has come up with a inaugural players all pro team. Players voting to come up with their own list of, of all pros. Why was this something that you wanted to do this year? There's no greater acknowledgement than understanding, you know, the, the respect you have from your own peers. And uh, there really hasn't been some an, an award that uh, was voted on purely by the players for the players. And I know people will say the NFL top 100, but, you know, the players don't take it serious. And the voting <laughs> system, the way they roll it out, doesn't make any sense. And you're, you're asked to compare quarterbacks to centers, and there's no way to do that. And it just doesn't work. So creating kind of a system and a voting system and positions that make the most sense the way players interpret it and then putting the rules in place to really promote who was the best this year. And, um, you know, we, we wanted to kind of see how it would go this year and we were blown away. We had a ton of votes. We had players very much caring who was going to win. We had, we had players reaching out and wanting to know, you know, early results and, and wanting to know where they were on the list. And we recently released the top five. <laughs> um, so players could, could realize just how close they were. Um, to getting those those first team all pros, and we're going to continue continue to build this into the future because we had such great comments and results from from players across the league. But it is the guys that watch film all week long and go out there and battle in, in the trenches and on the field against everybody, having them single guys out and be like that that's by far the best player in the league at a, at that position. I think means a lot to those players that get that recognition. Great. I always find it really amusing when you hear guys talking about their own fantasy football teams and who they draft <laughs> in their own fantasy football teams. I got this guy. No, I, he's on my team. It's a sign of respect, right? But it's also funny that they're playing the same thing that a lot of the rest of us are playing. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can find J.C. Treader on Twitter at J.C.T.R.E.T.T.E.R. Recently retired from the NFL after eight years as an offensive lineman, now serving or still serving as the NFLPA president. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. I appreciate a few minutes. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 